When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Santa, you could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy on now at APCO. <laughs> Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. EPL, after early fireworks, the tension of a title-deciding clash grabbed hold in much-anticipated Manchester City-Liverpool battle this morning with a 2 all being the final score and points shared between the title heavyweights. It leaves... A one-point gap in favour of City with seven games to go in the Premier League season. We are joined from our man, our man over in the UK, Harry Simeo. He's an absolute champion. Morning, Harry. How are you, bud? Morning. I'm good, guys. How are you? Yes, good. We're good. There's so much sport going on. It's really hard to kind of keep up to date with everything. I've got the Masters on my TV, had rugby, horse racing, and now the EPL. Liverpool, Man City, mate. Talk us through that. Match, what does it what to live up to expectations? Two all draw, is that a fair summation? Yeah. It was it was an exhibition of, of the sport. It was brilliant. Both sides were unbelievable. I think actually on the day Manchester City will probably feel a little bit unlucky that they didn't go on and win it. Um they played the majority of the football. That's not to say that Liverpool didn't uh, give as good as they got in a lot of cases. But Manchester City, for me, started the game brilliantly. They were really, really strong game to Liverpool. Can lead. But credit to Liverpool, because we often talk about champions and having that ability to grind out results when they're not perhaps at their best. But they managed to, to equalise twice and, and ensure that they got at least a point out of that. I think the point probably suits uh, Manchester City a little bit more because obviously they maintain their lead at the top of the division. But... It's such fine margins now for the remainder of the season with just the point separating the two. Um, but honestly, what a game. It was It was so good. For the neutral especially, it was It was beautiful to watch. Yeah, that's what you want, that's what you want eh, Harry? When you're watching the EPL, you want to see a game go down to the wire like that and, and look at the stats and see whether or not that's going to affect the uh, the run home. For years, it's always been right down to the wire. Hey, who are you picking? Who are you picking in the run home? Um, out of the top two to actually get the title this year, and why? I, th- I think you've got to slightly lean towards Manchester City just because of uh, the um, the lead that they have. I know it is only a point, but both of these sides are capable of winning every game between now and the end of the season, which means it's kind of the standard is really high, and there's very little space for a slip up. 
But obviously, Liverpool need Manchester City to slip up in some way to be able to capitalise. So I think um, the, the advantage that City have at the moment, albeit one point, obviously puts them in pole position for me, but also the fixtures. It looks to me like Manchester City in their remaining fixtures, at least on paper, have the slightly easier games. And so you look at those games, you can't really see where they'll slip up. Liverpool have got a couple of tricky ones. Um, they're at home to Manchester United next to have not been very good this season. We all know that um, and, and are not at the level that they once were. But that's there's nobody in the EPL that would love to cost Liverpool a Premier League title more than Manchester United. So that's a bit of an old grudge match and it could it could be a tasty one. What about, what would it mean for Steven Gerrard? If he is able to do the unthinkable for Liverpool, what, you know, he can do it as a player. But delivering them by beating City on the last match today as a manager of Aston Villa, like for Steven Gerrard, if he's able to do that for Liverpool, what would that mean? Yeah, it would. It'd be great for Steven Gerrard because he's Liverpool through and through. He's a local local guy. He grew up there. Um, I think a lot of people in the UK feel that eventually Steven Gerrard will become the Liverpool manager. He's still got a long way to go in terms of his education, in terms of his development as a coach. Um, his Aston Villa side have been a little bit up and down since he took over. Initially, when he came in, there was a real sort of bounce and they were doing really well and people were starting to talk. But there's been a few ups and downs along the way. So I think the general consensus is that Steven Gerrard's not quite yet ready for Liverpool. But obviously, if he was to pull that off, it would uh, it would certainly put him in a higher esteem than he's already in with the Liverpool fans and, and kind of pave the way for that to happen one day. What about me and you, mate? Obviously going down 1-0 against Everton and there's that video of Cristiano Ronaldo going off and smashing that young kid's phone, which isn't a great look. But, if we, you know, I'm a Man U fan and, and I always watch them and I was really up and about when Cristiano went back. But for them, mate, like, is it a big fix? What will they need to do to, to kind of get back to the heights? They are one of the biggest clubs in the world and they're just not playing like it and they're not acting like it, so... What's your take on them, mate? Yeah, they they probably are the biggest club in the world, barring maybe Real Madrid. Mm. Um, but you know they're definitely mm. right up there. And so you're right to see Manchester United in this position is strange. And I think last season painted a bit of a false picture of Man United because they ended up finishing second. And a lot of people thought that given that and the transfer business that they did in the summer, that they'd be able to really push and challenge for the title this year start of the season, it didn't work out. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was obviously moved on. But I think mm. what's really cost Manchester United is the lack of a plan, the lack of a sort of long-term uh, structure. They brought Ralph Rangnick in, who um, has sort of notoriously done very well as a director of football and sort of behind the scenes. But as a coach, his record isn't great. They brought him in as an interim uh, manager to see it through till the end of the season. But you can't appoint an interim manager in sort of November or whenever it was they did it because you're essentially writing off six months of the season. That's what it feels like Manchester United have done. And so ever since then, they've just been coasting along. Cristiano Ronaldo, we all know what a great player he is, was, can be. But at this moment in time, he's not really working with this Manchester United team. And, and as you said, yeah. his frustration sort of boiled over yesterday. So for Manchester mm -hmm. United, I think I know and I work with a lot of Manchester United fans and, and the general sort of idea seems to be now well, right off the remainder of the season and focus on and concentrate on getting the right man in charge going into the new season. But they need a major rebuild. They, they need to gut the place. They need to rip it all out and start again. 
And unfortunately, in modern uh, EPL football, sometimes that patience required is not always there. Yeah, two ends of the spectrum, isn't it? When Cristiano went there as a teenager, now the back end of of his 30s are still fighting for the Champions League spot. So I guess they got something to fight for. Hey, Harry, are we able to ask a little bit about Chelsea and and where they are with this Russian um, business and 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 where they where they look like they're going to be end up um, on the back end of it? Yeah. So this is a really interesting one because, I, I'm, as I'm sure you guys are aware, a few weeks ago or a couple of months ago now, it feels like just sort of yesterday, when all of this stuff started. Um, there was there were sanctions imposed on Roman Abramovich, the Chelsea owner, uh, due to his connections with the Russian government. And what that meant was that Chelsea had to operate under a special license. Now, from what we saw, the government had placed them under some really strict measures, couldn't sell match tickets, couldn't sell merchandise, mm. couldn't spend more than a certain amount of money on travel. And it really threatened to kind of derail their campaign and their season. Now, we know Roman Abramovich is trying to sell the club, and we know that there are a number of interested parties. Uh, As far as we're aware at the moment, uh, some of the final bids have been submitted in, and now the club are considering, or Roman Abramovich is considering, and the government are considering too, because whatever deal happens, they have to give it the green light. But every time we think we know who's going to take over, we then hear about two other potential investors sort of partnering up, and then we hear about a potential uh, it potentially going down a different avenue. So it's really unclear who's going to get control of the club. Just quickly, one of the interesting things about Chelsea, though, is there is a group um, of Chelsea fans who many, many years ago, when Chelsea financially were on their knees, invested in the football club and now own Stamford Bridge, the stadium. Uh, they also own the rights to the name Chelsea Football Club. And this is having an impact on the, the sale of the club going through. Because unless they get guarantees from whoever takes over that they're not going to move away from Stamford Bridge, which has been talked about in the past, they're not willing to let their bit go over. So it's, um, it's, it, there's a lot of complications in this deal. But I think probably by the end of April, we should know where the club's going to end up. Mm. Interesting. Do you think this has been a huge impact on, on Chelsea as, as a club? Do you, are the players struggling with what's going on behind the scenes and they're probably not getting the results well, they are. They've won their last three. But, you know, like, have, are they are they struggling? Do you feel like it's it's affected the club's um, kind of uh, mana? You know, the respect that they've had over the years. Has it put a dent on them? Yeah, I think it has in a way. Um, I, I don't think Chelsea ever had the respect, though, of a Manchester United or a Liverpool mm. or an Arsenal because they're not one of British football's great institutions, if that makes sense. They're a club who sort of had a, a decent history, but once Roman Abramovich came on, he really elevated them to another level. So they've always had mm. this kind of thing where people have thrown the comment at them, you know, you, you were nothing before the money and nothing before the investment. Um, <laughs> but obviously it has had some impact because they've sort of been coasting through games and just about getting over the line. A lot of people sort of have been opposing them week in, week out, saying they're not going to win, this is all going to take its toll. But for the most part, they've done well with the exception of one game in the Premier League where they got beaten at home to Brentford and obviously the first leg of their Champions League semi-final, uh, quarter-final, I beg your pardon, with Real Madrid where they got beaten. But they're still in that. That's not over. So I have to say, actually, it's impacted them less on the footballing side than I probably thought it would. Mm. OK, OK, that's interesting, interesting. Thank you so much, Harry Simeo, out of the UK. We appreciate your time on the show. I was going to ask you about Arsenal, but then I didn't want to wind you up. <laughs> 
Uh, we'll leave that for next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll leave that for next season, mate. Uh, we appreciate you coming on the show. You're very insightful and you give yeah, us a, a great little update on what's going on in the EPL. And uh, you take care, mate. We'll get you on very shortly. Thank you so much. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Harry Simeo, absolute champion out of out of the UK. Two right horse race, Louis. Liverpool, Man City. They are ten points ahead, and uh, yeah, they yeah. won't be caught. So who but, you, who you feel's got the wood? Oh, I think Liverpool have the harder run home, and City have that kind of moral mm. edge now, being one point ahead. Speaking of two horse races, is he? And I'm not talking Zaki. Think it over. I'm talking Cam Smith, Scotty Scheffler, Kempi. Cam Smith, couple of holes in today. What's he up to? He's on, he's on fire, mate. Birdie, the, birdie. The, the putter is on fire. He's on birdie, birdie. First two holes, and uh, I thought he gave it a little bit too much on that. Um, was it third sh- third putt? Was it third shot before the birdie? So, um, but mate, we know his short game. Oh, he's just a he's a oh. he's a scientist with the irons, and his putter is uh, somebody. Is he? You've had that beautiful. Um, uh, Sunrise today, and we chucked it up on Twitter. And Adam, very sharp, said, "Gee, was the glow coming off Cam Smith's red hot putter has reached all the way to a hulker." <laughs> <laughs> it is, mate. Honestly, what you think? She, like we spoke about it. Like, I said that was about a thirty meter start in, in a hundred meter final, but he's just eating up that twenty meters in ease. First two holes, Scheffler. You reckon he's shaking in his boots, Louis? Ah, I mean, when you're sitting him, sitting there. How, I mean, how do you play? How do you? How do, if you're Scheffler, how do you approach this next? You, you got to play aggressive. You got to you, keep playing it, aggressive. Bang on! You? you start thinking. You you say to yourself, "Well, look, I'm already down a shot. I'm already down two shots." You think about mm. it like you go into the day even, and you say, "I'm already down." You mm. need to start hunting. You need to start playing aggressive because that's what put Scotty Scheffler five shots clear. It was aggressive pin hunting golf. And he was making all his putts. And don't worry about the wobbly driver. Just start. Just keep stick to your guns. And Cam Smith just about to tee off again here on the third. And um, just, again, absolutely pure. It's going left, don't I say that? So uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully he gets a nice little kick and he can have a crack at the green again because his putter is doing all the hard work. It's 19 minutes past 7 o'clock. Um, well aware of all the issues. Thank you, everybody, for your texts and your messages. We've sorted it out. And after this, Kempi is talking Warriors. Friday night, well, the Kemp household was charhooing. It was celebratory. It was dancing. He's TikToking, hip bumping, as Sir BG said. <laughs> I haven't got to the TikTok yet, is but I'm working on it. And we're going to find out exactly <laughs> why and what the Warriors did so right after this. Baz Nizzi for breakfast here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.